This is M.I.P. With Masamela Mafuma. Mark Thompson. Get woke. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It's Thursday. You know what that means. Time for another edition of Thursday Coast with the founder of the largest online progressive community, Daily Coast, and Civics with a Q, Marcos Melitsis. First of all, I want to get your thoughts on the outcome of our first in-person Netroots Nation in a few years. Ah, that was, yeah, it was, it was, um, it was fun. I mean, I'm a, I'm a deeply introverted person. I mean, I started blogging because <laughs> I didn't, because it was a very solitary, uh, thing I could do at home talking to people online. But after, after three years of COVID, it actually felt good to see some people again and got to meet some of my staff for the first time. People that had been with us for a couple of years and had not met anybody. And, uh, and I actually, you know, I did the keynote, one of the keynotes on, on the last day on Saturday night. And, um, and, uh, it was the first time I'd been on stage in a while. So it was, it was, I don't know if I love it, but I think it was a message that needed to be shared. It's nothing that we haven't talked about before, Mark. In fact, it, it, it was, uh, I, I was actually able to give the speech without any notes because it's a topic I've been talking about nonstop now for like the last year. It's really about our 2022 chances. Yeah. Uh, and uh, how, well, first of all, I noticed that I, I believe the Alliance for Youth did a poll in partnership with civics focusing on young people yeah. in the battleground states. What, what does that tell us? What prospects does that predict for us? I mean, it, it, it claims that 80% of those, you know, under, under 29, I believe might be under 25, uh, plan on voting, which not really reality, (laughs) but, but it's a poll of, uh, of registered young voters. So I, I mean, if we get that kind of turnout, things are looking really bleak for, for the Republican party and, 
it's not just the poll that makes me excited about it. I mean, when we look at voter registration statistics from all the battleground states, we're finding that pretty consistently about half of women uh, registrants, new women registered voters are under the age of 25, which is just mind blowing. And the, this group is like, uh, like 80, 15 democratic. I mean, it's, it's that kind of spread. And we're talking hundreds of thousands of new registrations. This is not, you know, a small sample size. What's also amazing is that young men are registering in large numbers and they are two to one democratic. So not as obviously not as democratic as women because men, you know, <laughs> are kind of the problem. But the um, even new voter registrations from men are heavily democratic and about 40 to 45 percent under the age of 25. That's, that's incredible. So I think we're going to see huge youth engagement. You know, my, my daughter's 15. She lives on TikTok. And she says that, that political TikTok is all over the abortion stuff. And they also understand that the Supreme Court is also coming after uh, marriage equality and uh, trans rights and all those things. They get it. They get it. And I think that's very motivating. So if young people vote, that will make the difference, obviously. But as you alluded to, I guess the concern is whether or not they'll actually do it. I mean, historically, on a good year where you're like record youth turnout, we're talking about 35 percent of young voters, uh, young Americans voting. Not voters, um, registered voters different. Like if you look at all uh, when you look at the broader American, you know, every like. Americans in general, you're looking at about 50% of, of eligible voters voting amongst all ages. Youth on a good year will be about 30%. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but if that, if we do get to that 30%, if it is a good year, prospects look good, right? Prospects look good already. And so any reinforcements that come in from new voters just uh makes that better and and the we had a special we haven't talked since a special election in new york 19th in in upstate new york this is a a rural district with a couple of liberal hotspots like like uh woodstock uh new Paltz, where there's a state university in new york is in there and a couple like hudson um the city of hudson there's a little couple liberal hotspots but it's mostly a rural district it is a 50 percent Biden, 48 percent district, uh, 48 percent Trump. So it's 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 split, right? It's 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 exactly the kind of district that Republicans need to take the House. And they in the special elections, they had their best recruit of any race in the country. They had the best recruit. This is a guy that ran for governor in 2018. And when he ran for governor, it's New York Republican. He got blown out. But he won this district. He actually won this district already. Republicans spent over a million dollars. Democrats spent zero because the district it only exists for another five months. Then it's gone, right? Because of because of reapportionment. So for Democrats, there was no real value in in investing money in a seat that would disappear. Republicans, for I don't know the narrative or something, they they spent a million dollars. So we're talking. 
a massive spending disparity, the best Republican candidate that they could ever field in a 50-50 district, and they lost by three points. And so there are 222 seats more Democratic in the new Congress than this seat. And they won it by three, right? So you need 217 seats to have control of the House. The fact that they couldn't win a seat that is um, that that obviously you're not if you can't win seats that are 50 50 like this one, you're not going to win the house. And this is the situation right now. So if you were to take this, you know, two, two and a half, three percent vote victory that the Democrats had and you were to spread it out against all the house seats, you know, Democrats are looking at picking up about 230 seats. They would actually increase their their um advantage now i don't i'm not saying that's going to happen i'm just saying that republicans are in deep trouble and if you have new registrations flooding in and they're mostly young people they're mostly women and they're heavily democratic their their um their their situation gets worse and every single day the news stories the, the news is all about donald trump and his crimes it's not a good place for for republicans right now they're in trouble and again, as we often discuss, I mean, those who are with him aren't moving, but um, is are, is all the news about crimes, which, by the way, um, I mean, this news pretty much <laughs> it almost overshadows January 6th, doesn't it? I mean, it's like a fresh new thing. Uh, and, and that's not to say January 6th won't come back. They're going to have more evidence once they come back next month. But you got January 6th and now added to it. The 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 espionage issues, the the classified materials issues, which January six doesn't necessarily get into. It could. It may expand. Um, um, are, are we seeing? Are you seeing that that is having an impact? Is are the uh, classified documents crimes? Do you think uh, having more of an impact than is than you than the January sixth committee? I mean, where, where are you? Oh. Oh, you're right. It's getting worse every day. The news is getting worse every day. So his crowd is, is obviously they're, they're rallying behind Trump, right? I mean, they're, they're, they're not going anywhere. I think it's what we talked before about January 6th. It reinforces doubts amongst educated suburban voters. We, we just saw a new poll that says that college educated suburban men are starting to swing Democratic. It used to be, it used to be like a 20 point Republican lead, 60 40. It's now 50 50. I don't know if I believe it. Mark, I'm going to wait to see more data before I start getting too excited about that. But I, I suspect that that definitely the crimes are are reinforcing doubts that people have about the Republican Party uh, and its commitment to the rule of law. But perhaps more importantly, Republicans wish they could be they, they wish the headlines were about inflation and about gas prices. And in a typical election year. They would, they'd be pulling it off because you know how they're able to drive that narrative. They're, they're effective. They do this. Uh, Fox News would make stuff up about a new Honduran caravan or critical race theory. You know how we made, they made 2021 about critical race theory, right? It wasn't even a real thing. And they, they created this, this fake outrage. None of that has got traction now. I, I don't know what Fox News is talking about, but even Fox News has to talk about Donald Trump's crimes. And they're ex trying to excuse it. But every day, 
you know, we're down to two months before the election, right? Two months and, and change. Every day that Republicans are having to defend Donald Trump's crimes are a day that they can't manufacture a new outrage. They can't talk about inflation and gas prices, which legitimately hurt Democrats. And, uh, and they can't really advance any kind of cohesive, coordinated campaign strategy, messaging strategy. They can't even decide. You have Democrats, I'm sorry. You have Republicans now scrubbing their websites of information about abortion. Like they, so are they for abortion? Like, are they, you know, um, now you have re Republicans saying like, I'm personally opposed to abortion, but I would never vote for a national ban, right? No, for one, nobody believes them. But Mark, do you remember when it was Democrats saying something like that? Remember Democrats being like, I, I don't, I personally don't support abortion. It should be rare, uh, but it should be safe and legal. Rare, rare, like, safe and legal, right. They're now having to caveat themselves and you're never in a good position when you have to say something like that. Well, even though I believe something, I won't legislate it. Like that was never a, it's never a motivating thing to do. And nobody believes that anymore. We, we we're watching them legislate this. Who's going to believe a Republican saying, I'm not going to vote for that law. Of course they are. <laughs> right. And they're talking about it. They're having to talk about issues that benefit our side for once. Usually it's always like with immigration or, you know, defund the police or whatever. They, they, they twist everything and they put Democrats on the defensive. I can't remember the last time that we fought an election where we were fighting it on our turf. Yeah. Yeah. But that's true. I'm going to say this. Biden gave the big speech this week. That's why Biden needs to stop saying defund and attacking that. Because frankly, that's not even coming from the streets anymore in a movement. I mean, you're not hearing people chant defund right now. You know, it, it, that, that was a chant of, of, of 2020 uh, or whenever, maybe some last year. But he's, he, he's still saying we don't need to defund. And, and from my point of view, what he does when he does that he offends those who um, may not say it anymore, but understand what the term means. And it doesn't mean what Biden thinks it means. Um, now, what he said, on the other hand, what he said the other night was good about a, a challenge in the Republicans in terms of their support of law enforcement. What, what I want to do is I, I couldn't find the clip at first, y'all, but I found it. I want everybody just to listen to this. This, this was a significant so Let me quote. say this to my MAGA Republican friend, Congress. Don't tell me you support law enforcement if you won't condemn what happened on the 6th. Don't tell me. Can't do it. For God's sake, whose side are you on? Whose side are you on? You hear him there saying, whose side are you on? And, and that's that's good. I mean, that's a good question to ask. But before that, he was saying, like he said in earlier speeches, we shouldn't defund the police. We should fund the police. I, I think that's still something that uh, he should not say. Uh, and I hope that doesn't turn. Talking about it, it literally, like, right. yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You're you're basically giving them their talking points. When nobody, and I'm I'm not even talking about movement people. 
I mean, the idea of defund, especially when Republicans are talking about defunding the FBI, right? It's, it's, you can turn, you can make fun of them for that. You can turn it around and, and Republicans want to defund law enforcement. It's not us talking about it. It's them talking about it. But what, what's everybody talking about? They're talking about, um, they're talking about abortion. They are talking about just attacks on democracy. I think that's got, salience they're talking about donald trump and all the circuits the donald trump circus and the crimes so why would you introduce something that is literally not part of the conversation i mean why isn't he saying like and we don't support salvadoran uh gang members and we also don't support honduran caravan nobody's talking about that so focus on the things that is actually driving engagement and but i don't know maybe, maybe they have some polling that some of those suburban voters that's the one thing that they're worried about i don't know maybe there's something like that i, I suspect that it's not even that i suspect that it's just um consultants really still not fully reading the electorate yeah yeah no i, agree. Oh. I mean and let's be honest the the, the party establishment was they were they were more obsessed with defund even when it was being talked about. Yeah. And, and they made it mean something other than what the movement meant in paranoia. The movement never said that it was about what they accused it of being about. Uh, right. So, you know, I, I, consultants, if you, you know, what Marco's not, we should be consultants, frankly. They should be paying us the big billions of dollars to tell them what to do because they don't, they don't know what they're doing. But other than that, in spite of the consultants, you have some, what you share with us today is good news in terms of, of how the numbers look. Yeah. And then, you know, finally, I don't know if it took so long, but it happened. And uh, Biden announced his student debt relief plan. And the response has been absolutely off the charts. Biden's numbers are going back up again. He's, a, he's in the low 40s suddenly. I mean, he was in the mid 30s approval rating and it was young people. It's coming back up. And when we're talking about young people fighting for their right, to to their bodily autonomy and their right to privacy give them another reason just says you know what yeah you voted for democrats and it matters government matters government can be a force for good if you if you remain engaged and participate in the elections and so it's great politics i think republicans really flood the response i mean it it's i'll whoever there was that one Twitter user who came up with the uh, hypocrisy on the PPP loan forgiveness and student loan forgiveness. And the White House, which is looking a lot more aggressive, they jumped on it and they they mirrored it. And it really, it totally neutered the Republican counterattack. Like it just fell flat on its face. Uh, and even I'm saying, is it fair? Because they asked, is it fair for, you know, a truck driver to... Truck driver, first of all, went to freaking trade school. Like, where is this world that people don't get certifications for, for stuff? And they take out student loans for those certifications. But that said, I mean, the Biden's response, is it fair for, uh, for those people with student loans to have to bail out billionaires? Right? I mean, finally, like real populism, not, not the fake BS racist populism of the Republican Party. This is like, what is fairness? If we're going to talk about fairness, okay, then nobody complained. I thought, saw this a lot, like um, 
people saying to conservatives, like, I would take your complaints a lot more seriously if you had complained about billionaires getting a big tax break. Talk about fairness. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. And, and also, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the person who did the social media for the New Jersey governor and that yeah. race is now going and she's pre- they need that. She's pretty good and young and stocky and TikTokish, I think, too. Right. Oh, my, I mean, she's been she's been brilliant. You know, my partner lives in New Jersey and every day she'd forward me something that the New Jersey NJ Gov, NJ Gov Twitter account would tweet out. I mean, just funny attitude, sassy. Right. And so when the White House got all aggressive in their Twitter feeds, we're like, oh, great. And then suddenly it turns out, oh, because they hired this, <laughs> this young woman. <laughs> it's like, oh, one. OK, that explains it. And two, OK, brilliant, because you're not going to hire somebody like that and then tell her to like not be herself. I mean, that would be political malpractice. So it's exciting. I mean, it's just, you know. Biden calling out using the fascism word. And yeah, he qualified it by saying semi-fascist. But even the reaction to that freak out was 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 good. I mean, because it's indefensible. One side, he had Donald Trump literally saying, I should be reinstated as president. And then it's like, were well, you going to like that? What do you call that? If not, okay, okay. The criticism, take out some mind. There we go. Okay, now we, I mean, if that's a criticism, okay, a power. But the, the, and you know, Trump's been having a bad one. He's not, ha- he's not well right now. I mean, his, his thing on true social is, is, is unhinged completely. Retweeting QAnon stuff. At one point, he, he, he pathetically, uh, posted, why are people so mean? I mean, he, he's like losing his mind. Yeah, he posted just, why are people so mean? Keep in mind, this was after a full day going after Hillary Clinton, the FBI, Democrats, liberals, uh, claimed that January 6th was Antifa and FBI conspired to make him look bad. Literally, after he posted, you know, something about 
you know, raising money or the defense of one of the defendants, right? Like it's not even coherent. At one moment, they're all patriots. The next moment, it's Antifa and the FBI. I mean, it's, it's, he's, he's not well right now. So. Well, he's never been, he's not been well in a minute. I mean, that's just. <laughs> yeah. That's but just he, seems a little, he seems like isolated and left to his own devices. And we know that his lawyers right now, are, they're like, they're like bottom feeders. They're not even real lawyers. He can't hire a real lawyer. And, and so he's not getting good advice. And, um, you know, we've known forever that nobody can shut him up. Nobody can say like, you know what, when you tweet it or whatever the, you know, the social thing he has, um, it doesn't serve you well. It doesn't help you. Like he still has never fully been able to do that. So it's just, I mean, it's been, I mean, today he was, or yesterday or Monday, I forget when time blurs, but he admitted that the, that the documents were, were secret documents. I mean, he claimed he had declassified them, right? But everybody's like, he would, he didn't know that they were secret. And he's like, I declassified them. Like he, he knew they were secret. Now you've got this ex post facto justification that he declassified them. No, there's a process. It didn't happen. And he just admitted that he knew that he had secret documents. So it undermines, it undermines his legal case, but it also hilariously undermines his dumbass defenders in the media, right? Who go out there and like, I mean, one of his crazy lawyers said that, that uh, it was a mundane charge. You know, they just, it was a mundane espionage charge. Like, why are they going after him on that <laughs> mundane charge? Mundane espionage. Like, that's mundane. Yeah. Espionage I, I'm, I'm cool. going to really look it up just to make sure I get the right word and, and I got it right. But, um, but uh, it was, it was, it was like, it was like that. Um, I think you had, it was mundane. I remember it was, they called yeah, it mundane. mundane. Yeah. They found these three mundane statues, espionage and the two others. Mundane statues like espionage. Can you believe that? That's who he has defending him, representing him. I mean, it's 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 rough. But you know what's amazing, Mark, is that Trump is hurting them electorally. Like they're not going to win the Senate anymore. It's 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 a done deal. Like they're not picking up the Senate. The House is in play, and Secretary of State, Attorney General, Governor races in key states. Uh, we're leading in the polls. We have massive fundraising advantages. He is hurting them and he can't quit him. I don't understand. It'd be one thing if he was like popular and you know, they, they had won. He cost them the Senate, the House, state legislature, state governorships, the presidency. And yet here they are still unable to quit him when he so clearly doesn't care about them, doesn't have any inkling on raising money for the Republican Party. He only raises money for himself. Republican money is broke. The Republican Party is broke. They're pulling out of um, funding races in Arizona and Pennsylvania. They're having to contest Ohio because Trumpian endorsement of J.D. Vance gave them a terrible candidate. Pennsylvania is off the map because of, you know, Oz. Um, North Carolina is competitive because of a Trumpian candidate. Obviously, Georgia, tough state competitive because of a Trumpian candidate when maybe they should be running away with, with, with a state like Georgia. It's, um, 
he has put him in a hole. And every chance they've had to distance themselves, they refuse to do it. So when we talk about abortion being the big issue and Trump being the big issue, both of those are self-inflicted wounds. Un- unforced errors. I, I, you have to wonder, though, what it is, lastly, that because we can remember when they used to fear him and he would go on social media or on Fox and bash. He doesn't really even have that kind of cachet anymore um, to, to, to retaliate and mobilize. I don't guess. I mean, uh, um, on the other hand, with all the hits he's taken, if he could single out a, a Republican for a target, that might be something to distract his followers to do while they're taking his elsewhere. I don't know. I, I guess that's the only thing they have to be afraid of. But if it's not on true social, there's not a lot he can do. He's not. I mean, they still defend him on Fox, but I don't know that Fox is invested in taking out people who challenge him either. No, I mean, I guess they look at like, they look at Liz Cheney, uh, but you can also point to, um, you know, uh, what's his face? The governor of, uh, of Georgia, so Kemp. And uh, Kemp was attacked and he won by 30 points, right? In the primary. So Trump isn't, all powerful and the primaries are over. I mean, really, McConnell should have taken them out for an impeachment, right? That would have been their best case scenario. And maybe we would be today, maybe Trump would still have these issues, of course, but we'd be talking about it wouldn't be that stench wouldn't be on the Republican Party. And maybe they could get that message across about inflation and gas prices. But instead, they go on TV because they're asked to defend Trump. Imagine had they voted for impeachment and then, you know, what would the media do? Like, what do you think about Trump and his secret stuff? And it's like, well, glad we impeached him. End of story. That's it. Story's over. Now let's talk about gas prices. Otherwise, it's a story that keeps on giving. It just, it's nonstop. And each day of the criminal saga, I want a special master, need a special master. I mean, it's just, he's going to stretch it out and prolong it. Uh, for an audience that really can't help him anymore and obviously um, hurts the Republican Party, uh, mm-hmm. which I don't care about. Look, y'all, we don't care about the Republican Party being hurt. We're just obviously objective political analysis. Uh, clearly, they don't have consultants. Uh, <laughs> the Democrat Democratic consultants do too much. Republicans don't have consultants. And if they do, they're obviously incompetent. But we'll see. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Good news for Marcos today, though. But as, as you know, as Democrats, we often snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. And sometimes good news 
It's a funny thing about our culture as Democrats and progressives. Good news um, makes us feel like we can miss it. Oh, okay, we're good. I don't, I can miss this day. Um, bad news makes us depressed and we give up and do So we got to find the thing that no matter what will make us go vote. <laughs> yeah, Mark, you know, right now everything's 50 50. I mean, we won this 50 50 seat by two points. That's, there's not a lot of margin there. What Republicans have done is that they, they've given us a chance to compete. But you got to feel the team. You still got to go on the field. You got to play the game. And so it's, it's people are receptive to the Democratic message. It's our job as activists to make sure that people understand what's at stake, that, you know, um, our privacy rights and our democracy are literally on the ballot. And I think it's a case that that's what January 6th shows us. And it's what Dobbs Supreme Court shows us. And then we got to make sure, you know, all our friends and family and young, you know, voting age kids, they're registered to vote and that they, we get them to the polls on election day. And, and some people will do more. They'll make calls. They'll knock on doors. Um, I know that's not possible for everybody, but everybody can make sure that their immediate social circle knows what's happening. Uh, almost everybody knows somebody in a competitive state. You know, give them, drop them a Facebook message or a call or a text and say, are you registered to vote? Have you gotten your family registered? Everybody has that ability to just think like, how can you get five more people, five more people to vote in, in any election? But bonus if it's in one of those presidential battlegrounds, because that's where all the competitive races are. Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Michigan, or, um, Ohio is not a presidential, but we got a competitive Senate race, Wisconsin, and uh, Texas can be competitive at the at the governor level. I mean, we all there's there's a lot of places and and then house seats. You know, we're going to have house races all over the country that are competitive. So this is our job is to get more people engaged, uh, registered, and turned out to vote because everything's on the ballot. And the difference between winning and losing markets never been bigger. I mean, no hyperbole. It's between fascism and between D.C. statehood and, um, and voting rights and the end of partisan gerrymandering and really a reinforcing of our democracy without even getting into issues. I'm not even talking about any issue. I'm talking democracy, fascism or more equity in our democracy. I mean, the difference could not be more stark. Semi-fascism, Marcos. <laughs> semi semi democracy. <laughs> no, no thanks. I like my democracy full. Don't want no full semi fascism. Don't want that. <laughs> um, Marcos Melissa, Thursday Coast Civics with a Q. As always, thank buddy, you, we thank you. Have a great weekend. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. As always, perform an act of kindness on behalf of an elder or young person. Write a letter to a sister brother who just so happens to find her or himself incarcerated. Offer libations to the ancestors upon whose sturdy shoulders we all now stand. And above all, give thanks to the God of your understanding by whatever name you call her and him. All God asks of us is that we give each other love. Thanks for giving MIP love. And please remember to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain.